Welcome to yet another episode of Shortcast of a Coffee. Our guest today is Shruti Jahagirdar, a passionate fitness trainer, entrepreneur, and nutritionist. Shruti was a competitive national level volleyball player and holds an MBA from ESMT Berlin and specializes in low carb, high fat diets. Shruti and I planned this episode to be a workout 101. She's really passionate about exercising and nutrition. And she has gleefully agreed to do another episode on nutrition, which I'm really looking forward to. But in this episode, I will get to know from her how to push oneself to working out and why do we even work out? What are the right breathing techniques? Why do we even do the staple moves like squats and deadlifts and so on? So stay tuned for all this and more. And oh yeah, I recently found out that Shruti's mom was a Marathi actress and we will ask her about that too. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Hi Shruti, welcome to the podcast. Hi Bala, thank you for having me. Pretty excited. In fact, even a little nervous from uh, all the things that we discussed, we want to uh, speak about in this episode and uh, you know so much to cover very exciting yeah yeah I I was actually looking you up and uh, one thing really struck me is that uh, your mom was an actress and she yes, acted yeah you put up a picture of her from a Jabbar Patel movie by the way Jabbar Patel is the same director who directed uh, B.R. Ambedkar uh, the movie the biographic right. movie of B.R. Ambedkar yeah, and it had one of uh, Kerala's leading actors, Mammuti, in it. So Correct. that's how, uh, yeah, that's how a lot of uh, Kerala got to know about Jabbar Patel. I mean, he's quite a legend in the Marathi parallel cinema world. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and the music was Hridayanath Mangeshkar, Lata Mangeshkar's brother's uh, screenplay, Vijay Tendulkar. Uh, how how fascinating! How was it growing up? Uh, as the daughter of a, of an actress? Well, she did it, um, you know, she did it for a while, uh, late into her teens and early 20s. And then life took over, just marriage and children. But uh, in, the, in the few uh, films that she did and a lot of theater, uh, it, it turned out that the films that she was part of and theater is some of the best uh, work that you will come across in Marathi cinema and theater. Um, because uh, Sihasan, the movie that she had done, is about, uh, you know, the politics uh, in, in Maharashtra. And uh, there are so many times that happen in Maharashtra even now politically and people will start talking about the same movie so it's so relevant it's I think if I'm not wrong from 1979 or so and even now it's very relevant to what happens in Maharashtra and and it's one of the most loved movies of uh, Marathi cinema so uh, yeah it's I mean it's growing up in a in a house with uh, creative people is always uh, I think quite liberating because they understand uh, your parents understand that you know you you're going to think uh, in all different directions because my father also belonged to the same uh, same background he was uh, teaching uh, direction at uh, direction at the film and television institute in pune and that's where, that's how my parents met when my uh, mother was actually doing some work at the film and television institute 
so uh, i guess it was nice i i grew up in a very liberal setting uh, with parents who encouraged um whatever it is that me and my younger brother wanted to do and uh, the funny thing is both of us my brother and i uh, love the arts whether it's film music uh, all kinds of film and music uh but my my calling was more towards sport uh and and you know here we are i am even now following a path in in sports in many different different ways um but yeah if you grow up in a in a household which encourages you to be creative then no matter what path you follow in life your thought process in a sense is i believe slightly diverse um and you're able to think in various directions and probably encourage uh, you know uh, different types of ideas that people may end up even shutting down at the first uh, instance and you want to sort of encourage uh, chaotic thinking in a sense uh, risk taking uh, in a sense uh, kind of ideas and you want to explore them and see how you can make them work and i think that that all comes from my parents and my background yeah you mentioned about uh, simhas and i think it's very true with almost all regional films um, there's a there's a movie called sandesham in malayalam i think it released in 92 or 93 and people still quote the movie people still quote the dialogues from the movie and it's it's crazy how how relevant it is and there is also a discussion uh, along the lines that hey you know the movie released in 92 and if it's still relevant does that mean that we have not gone ahead or not not go- moved uh, forward from from that stage uh, so yeah i think i think political movies and that's one of the reasons why we we all call them as classics right um yeah. but also, when it comes to films uh, uh i would say that you know the the relevance of a film or the greatness of a film is only apparent many many years after it was made you know we, we t- today we just look at films and their marketing and the few months of uh, buzz and everybody singing the song and songs and talking about the dialogues and everything but i think we'll only get to know what which of today's films are great cinema if we still remember them a decade or two later yeah absolutely i think i think people are just focused on friday saturday sunday and then they just get everything uh, in those three days and that's 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 pretty much it um, you touched upon how uh, you know growing up in a, a creative household um, uh, you probably got a lot of freedom uh because you know if if you were raised in an academic family not just academic family but like a typical office goer 9 to 5 uh kind of family i think the stress put on uh academia would be would be too much uh at least more than creative households is what i'm expecting but having said that you did went on to do petroleum engineering uh, how did that happen well uh, first of all i mean my dad was also in a job even though he was in the fil- uh, in the film and television institute but um, i feel i don't remember a single time when my parents had to sit us down me and my brother and be like okay you have to study you have to do well you have to get good grades um they were really free flowing as parents uh, like they, they, i think their only objective was i'm going to support my children uh, in every which way i can in whatever they want to do 
and and that's pretty much what they've done and they continue to do even now and i'm i'm quite blessed that uh, that's the kind of childhood i have uh i've had um but again like uh, just the kind of uh, surroundings i was in uh, given that i started playing sports at the state and national level when i was 12 uh, but you know at that time no matter how well you did you didn't quite see a future in sport um and so it was but natural that by the time i came to my 10th standard uh, there was one thing that i was always um, kind of chasing that i wanted to sort of have the best of what i could and by the time i came to the 10th standard i sort of realized there was this wonderful uh, junior college in pune ferguson college that was supposed to be the coolest the most intelligent kids went there and i wanted to be there and you can't be there unless you scored uh, enough and then you were admitted uh well that was a wish uh, i like there were a few things that happened in my sports tournaments before my 10th standard exams that really uh, made me want to sort of revenge get those kind of marks to go to ferguson college uh because you know like there's a lot of corruption in sport there's a lot of last minute changes there's a lot of uh, money exchanging hands or uh impressing uh, seniors or or all those kind of things and one such incident had happened with me uh the first instance when i had been selected for the national uh, level tournament so i i did end up playing nationals afterwards but uh, before i i gave my 10th exam i had a chance and i had gone to play and then i couldn't finally because there was some uh, last minute changes made to the team and it was obviously corrupt corruption um, uh, but by the time that i came back from that disappointment i my 10th standard exam was only about a month away uh and i then you know something just uh, you know a spark came into me and i'm like okay i i'm just going to kill my exam it's it's almost like you know you have this pent up anger uh and you you want to see uh triumph so badly and then uh, yeah that's how i ended up uh, studying a lot in that one month uh, making good scores and then ended up going to this college and then what happens is if you go to a, a college where you end up meeting everybody who's succeeding academically and uh, those are the kind of people that are around you and they're constantly talking about what they're going to do in in the future i think to some extent that sort of gets into your dna at some point and then once you've seen academic success and i'm i'm not saying i was some topper or anything like that but i had enough to to be in a really good universe, uh, in in a good college and then you know you're in that company and you've done well once and you now don't want to do badly and then so 12th standard happened i already knew i wanted to be an engineer uh, so again you want to get into a good college and when i had to choose my branch uh, i knew somehow that the i like the funny part was i knew i wanted to be an engineer and at the same time i knew that i didn't want to do it computer science and electronics and my interest was in mechanical engineering uh, and and at the time not a lot of women went uh, to mechanical engineering the case, fact, is, still, the case is the, the same, same now <laughs> and then the 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 college that i wanted to go in uh, i was not getting admission to mechanical engineering and coincidentally where i lived there were a lot of students from petro the petroleum engineering department and at some point i ended up speaking to them and they told 
told me, you know, the first two years are the same as mechanical engineering. And then you start studying petroleum. And um, then when I found out more about it, I loved it. It was a mix of uh, earth sciences with engineering. And I was like, this is so cool. And that's how I ended up doing petroleum engineering. And I, I would say it's perhaps the best decision I've made in my life. Mm. Yeah, you, you spoke about, uh, you know, the corruption in sport, right? Uh, I remember Rajdeep Sardesai uh, from, from CNN-IBN. Uh, he was mentioning that sports is probably the only field where there is meritocracy and, and all of that. And it's it's fascinating. I, I even know some people who played like junior level cricket uh, in India, district level and state level. Um, and, and they say that this happens way too often. Um, and I feel like why does, how can, how can something except meritocracy sustain in sport? Like it's going to be so evident if someone is underperforming, someone is a, is an anomaly or an outlier in a team. Uh, but like, how far do, can they even go? Like, what is the, yeah, but what if it's, what if it's the coaches or the selector's daughter, you know, who's going to question and then the thing is also that you see all these things, but uh, next year you might go for selection trials again, or in, in you may be in some other tournament and the selector is the same. So you're not going to, uh, you know, raise your voice and, uh, you know, put him down, at least unless you come with a lot of power yourself. Uh, so who's going to question at the selection levels, what is happening? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's it's a power game at the end of the day. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I've heard different stories. People... And it happened with me, by the way. It it happened with me. The 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 selector who, uh, who took me who who had me taken out of the team to get one of his favorite girls in, who arrived at the trials much later after the team was announced. Um, uh, she was not there at the trials, and she came very late. And then she said, "I never re received the letter for inv invitation." Uh, so anyway, it was his favorite uh, favorite uh, tosser in a volleyball game. And he had her uh, replace me. And uh, later that year, I played the Nationals, actually. But he was the selector. So, uh, it you know, so I wonder what would have happened if I really, you know, uh, created a, a, a big mess there. And sometimes you let things go. And if you're a sportsman, at least at my level at the time, we weren't thinking of a, a career in sports. So, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, that that's another point, right? A lot of people just uh, give up because they, they, they probably know that there is something else to, in store for them. And then there are others who literally just break the doors down and, you know, score twice as much runs or... Uh, whatever the case is in different different sport uh, you you also mentioned about uh, mechanical engineering and I did mechanical engineering for undergrad so so I can probably speak a little bit about it uh, it's that uh, I I actually don't know why women are not interested in mechanical engineering I've had this discussion with multiple people uh, and they say that, you know, earlier days, mechanical engineering was a lot of heavy lifting, you know, there was a lot of casting and workshop kind of things involved. And that's not the case anymore. You know, mechanical engineering has also evolved and has gone into different areas like robotics and whatnot. But there is still that, I don't know, it's it's probably, probably a built up or like a hangover. But I, what's... I feel like it's not really, I mean, I, I feel like it's just that people don't know much about it. They are so blinded by IT and software and where, where people are 
where they see others around them that they don't even think about what mechanical engineering really entails. Where can they get from, from it? So it's really ignor ignorance for the branch rather than, uh, you know, yeah. finding it difficult. Yeah, I, I really don't think it's the uh, it's the labor part because I feel like a lot of women take biotech and I feel like biotech is a lot more laborious because, you know, people have to wear the gown and be in the lab for like hours together, do mice work and whatnot. So there is like computer science, IT, all that. And then there is mechanical and then there is civil biotech, which does have a significant amount of um, female population taking taking it up. Um but 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 moving back to your uh, your life, you were always a fitness freak, so to say. Uh, and then you mentioned that you did have a weight gain issue uh, around 2013 and 2014. Uh, what was what was like? How how did a volleyball national level player uh, gain weight? No, actually, I mean it's not like I had gained weight uh, that I can really you know say was max obesity or anything like that it's just that first of all I was always slightly on the heavier side I wasn't particularly uh, lean um, and uh, especially around that time of 2013 and 2012 uh, I had an assignment with Shell in the Netherlands it was the first time I was going to live outside India for one whole year and uh, that's when I did, I learned most of my cooking skills and everything because you have to do things yourself. And um, I'm a vegetarian. Uh, and in those days, uh, you know, you couldn't Google stuff and you couldn't, you know, see uh, uh, what restaurants served what and all of that. So you used, I used to cook very often or I used to go drinking with my friends or if you did go out, uh, then you would end up having something like cheese balls or something like that because you're, you're a vegetarian. And that whole lifestyle didn't quite suit me. Was there, then, was there a lot of sugar, by the way? Because No, I, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. And in those days, I didn't even know anything apart from just going to the gym and doing a lot of cardio workouts and all of that. Um, but uh, also, the weather was really cold. And, uh, you know, once you left office, the cold and the wind would hit you so bad that you wouldn't want to go anywhere else but home. And so I wasn't gymming that much. And in those days, actually, I have to admit, apart from doing a lot of treadmill and some lightweights and all, I didn't know anything about gymming. So I would join a gym, but I would not. I, I really feel like I didn't know anything back then. Uh, so that, that lifestyle didn't quite suit me and uh, the kind of food and everything. And uh, when I came back, I had gained about 8, 10 kilos. And uh, I looked heavy. Uh, because in like I told you, my idea of fitness back then was going and running on the treadmill and doing some one kilo, two kilo, you know, weights that are clearly that were clearly uh, not that challenging for me. And uh, so if I was, let's say I was about 70 kilos by the time I came back. And uh, if I, I can show you two pictures of mine at different points when I'm 70 kilos, one, when I had uh, all the knowledge of uh, weight training and strength training and everything and one when I didn't know and those 70 kilo shrutis look very different and the reason is because in when I didn't know anything uh, I had not done a lot of strength training and my muscle didn't have that much definition that much strength and it's muscle that gives your body shape 
basically and so once i started weight training because my muscles were uh, i gained some muscle mass as well and i gained uh, and and because of those muscles my body looked a little bit leaner a 70 kilos was looking way different afterwards than it did back in 12 2012 and 13 so so you know weight training can be beneficial whether you've gained weight or not because once your body starts adapting to strength training then you're always going to sort of be on the leaner looking or shapely looking size side of things right yeah that's an interesting thought point um so so you also talk about in 2014 uh you watch a television show called the biggest loser and oh my god sort of the research yeah <laughs> and that that sort of um, got you back into or or yeah. heavily into into fitness uh, uh what what about the show inspired you um first of all i, I like i told you i was looking slightly heavier i wanted to wanted to become fitter and i i bumped uh, you know i came across this show called biggest loser and uh there's a there was a trainer in in that show called Jillian Michaels whose style of training was very hard a little harsh kind of a trainer she was and when i used to watch that show and i used to watch these super super morbidly obese people you know really really exercise get fitter i don't know you know sometimes there's a time in your life when change just happens and so this happened to be my moment where i was like if these people can do it i can um and and so i signed up to jillian michaels uh, fitness app back then and then uh, she used to uh, have these body weight based workouts with some light weights uh and at that time i, I it really benefited me i lost like 10 kilos in 3 months and i was looking very lean and very fit and uh, and at the same time along with my office mates i was also training for desert warrior which is uh an obstacle race uh, uh with 22 obstacles uh in a 10 kilometer uh distance and uh, in the sand so it's probably one of the most uh, challenging uh you know sport or race that's organized in uh, in dubai in and around dubai and abu dhabi so i was parallelly doing that both these things and i became really fit and yeah uh, the only thing that helped me at that time was i was so motivated i was so consistent uh, and at that time then you know consistency is sort of at least if you want to lose weight consistency is the prime uh, uh, change maker yeah very interesting you know uh, lots of people have researched about workouts and nutrition and and i think uh, most of the scientists agree around this fact that uh, exercise is against our evolutionary instincts um our evolutionary instinct is to conserve energy and we are hardwired not to just go out and uh, put that stress uh, stress and pain on our body uh, you know if someone is just starting to work out uh, they are feeling lazy and lethargic uh, is there a perk based uh, method to to push them to exercise uh, or what would be your uh, thought process or what would be your advice to people who want to just not work out See, first of all i i honestly believe that you you or me cannot motivate motivate somebody to to change their lifestyle or to change how 
how they look or how they feel how they how fit they are uh, some things some things are better experienced uh, and and like i said that if there is somebody who finds the motivation and even curiosity the motivation doesn't have to be that i have to look uh, look really you know leave with one with lean muscle or i want to lose fat or whatever the motivation doesn't have to be that it can just be curiosity or oh, i've never lifted weights and i saw somebody lifting it in the gym and uh, and i want to try it like for me as well when i started uh, even learning uh, how to uh, lift weights i was still quite conser- conservative i would lift uh, for example in a deadlift i would uh, i would try and lift only 30 kilos 35 kilos or something and then at some point i had gone to um, uh, phuket where there's uh, one of the world's best fitness schools i mean there are many but uh, i went to one and there i suddenly saw these canadian and german women do like a 100 kilo deadlift in like group workouts like it was it was sort of light for them and i was like man women lift this much i didn't even know I, by then back in 2016 i hadn't sort of seen that kind of weightlifting now 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 women know a lot more now you even see women do it more in in the gyms in india but so when i saw that that's when i came back to the gym and i was like hey i'm not challenging myself enough maybe i should try and lift more so we can't motivate anybody and uh, if if somebody is then motivated yes then there is like a plethora of of things that they can begin with i wouldn't say that you know at that moment try and find what's the best what's the most scientific whatever at that moment then you can say there can be a perk in them choosing whatever they want to do it could be a dance workout it could be a gym it could be running it could be anything else is it more the most optimum is it the best workout for them we don't know but if it's about getting somebody off the couch something is better than nothing mm. and and you know for people who start start with working out uh, day one they just go in and exert too much on themselves and then the next day the body starts to ache and then and then there's no push like there's no incentive to go back to the gym and and do it again Uh, you know when you started working out or taking this seriously did you start enjoying the pain that happened the next day or or were you like oh my god it's it's hurting uh, how do i push myself to go there again oh it it hurts a lot no matter how experienced you are uh, it's just that because i was a sportsman i always knew that you're going to experience pain uh, it's just that sometimes it's more sometimes it's less based on how much you have really done um so for me the pain was really not uh, a new thing and and i kind of could tell between pain that is making me stronger versus pain that is you know putting me down so in a sense you can even say it's sweet pain but i know that beginners really find it daunting um and i would say that it is up to the trainers that they are consulting or even uh, the apps or wherever you know they are uh, taking advice from to put it out there you know that it's you're a beginner you're just starting you're going your body is you know going to resist all kind of um pressure put on it um and change is change is never easy change is going to be difficult and i think that is something that everybody who's training a beginner has to put out 
uh, in the very beginning and at the same time everybody is different you're you're still going to have somebody who is like okay i'm really going to i really don't feel like coming back to the gym uh, i'm going to quit and then there'll be there'll be some people who will be like no no i feel fine i'm going to come and do more you're going to come across all kind of people and um, as a as a trainer you need to know how to deal with all of them or all, all sorts of people and if somebody is is really overwhelmed you say hey take two three days off let the pain go away and then then come back hmm yeah time is lesser yeah i think trainer is almost like a teacher right i mean uh, you know they should also uh, know the psyche of their student and sort of tailor make uh, their that is their primary job that is their primary job uh, yeah. you know a trainer's primary job is really to understand their client's uh, emotional uh, health emotional capability the ability the the ability to understand instructions and all of them are also related to your where you are in your life you probably have to have a conversation with your client on where they are in their life right now like for example if somebody is going through uh, a family member uh, suffering with something in the house uh, and then they also think that okay let me at least be active and come to the gym and such a person you are trying to push in the wrong directions or at wrong times they are probably not going to be in it mm-hmm. so you you're going to have to like buy in their trust find find the slot in their their routine where their mind is free where they can receive your instructions and not feel like you're you know asking them to do things they don't want to do it could be anything i i i used to have a client who um i think had very busy parents he was a 16 year old boy and uh, they were his parents were both doctors and uh for some odd reason since his eighth standard he was going through depression and at some point he had figured out there are that there are some sleeping pills or something that like just put him to bed and uh, uh make it make life simpler for him i met him maybe at the end of his ninth standard in the beginning of his 10th standard and in one of the conversations i found out that he casually takes these the sleeping pills and so then we started having conversations around what were the challenges in his house i also found out that he was sort of addicted to porn and uh, how would a client end up telling you such things right only when you won over their trust so there is there is a it's it's not like you pay me today and i take you to the gym and we start exercising it it doesn't work like that so it's really relationship building and only only when you trust me can i really make a difference to your life yeah personal trainer it 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 kind of helps if the personal trainer uh, is also a therapist <laughs> and you have to be to some extent without getting into you know the nitty gritties of it because you need to know the when when your where your boundary is and if you come across somebody who really needs professional help then you should be able to refer them to some good people hmm yeah uh, yeah it's actually funny uh, there was a statistic where uh, you know the gym memberships are the 60% of gym membership comes from uh, the first week of new year and then nobody yeah. nobody just shows up and uh, i think to, to your point of uh, w- what you said about uh, literally no pain no gain right i think you have to have some amount of pain and this whole human laziness is is, is very fascinating because it's one of the the key ingredients that 
that made us make all these discoveries and technological advancements, right? Because we are lazy and we want to get, be more efficient, get things done faster. But uh, I think it works the exact opposite way when it comes to workouts. You really need to be slow. You really need to, really need to be steady, consistent and uh, sort of soak in that pain to be, to be successful. Okay, now uh, we kind of, uncovered some basics of working out uh now uh, i mean this this is quite popular uh this whole field of calisthenics uh these days i i see videos on youtube where you use your own body weight to train uh there's this really nice guy called um, hybrid calisthenics uh, uh i watch a lot of his videos and and i mean the one thing i like about him is he kind of breaks it down uh he breaks it down so simple that uh, you don't really need to feel the pain. And then, the I mean, obviously the progress is a lot slower, uh, but it seems to work for a lot of people. Uh, now, if you could break down the advantages and disadvantages of calisthenics versus something like weight training uh, for the audience. Yeah, I think this is, uh, this is a million dollar question. And I think at some point, everybody asks themselves that. Uh, you know, to, to begin with, I would like to quote the great uh, writer Hemingway, who said that, um, don't mistake movement for action, you know. And that is uh, really the difference between good exercise plans and poor uh, exercise plans. I wouldn't say bad or whatever, but not optimum plans. Um, you know, there's let's first talk about strength training or weight training and then we'll come to body weight based workouts okay um and yeah maybe let's let me take a step back and talk about exercise plans in general okay let's say uh, you want to start thinking about exercising or you want to optimize your exercise routine one of the the things that we have to remember is that exercise must be uh, specific, okay? It has to solve a purpose, okay? Um, and which is why I quoted Hemingway that, you know, movement is just movement and action has a purpose. So when we want to exercise, there are five components of fitness that a good fitness plan should have. Okay, the first is cardiovascular endurance, which is popular and which everybody knows it's your swimming and running and cycling, all those things. So you should have some cardio in your exercise plan, there should also be muscular endurance that you target so muscular endurance is, uh, you know, if you if you've heard runners or uh, long distance cycling, uh, people who are cycling long distance talk about their challenges, you would see that. So many times runners will say that, hey, I could continue running another couple of kilometers, but my shins were aching. And because this shin muscle was aching, I had to stop. Or a cyclist will say that uh, I could cycle more. So I had the cardiovascular capability, but my quadriceps were aching. So I have to stop. So this is what muscular endurance is. Muscular endurance is your muscles ability to contract often without fatigue, but suboptimally. Okay, so this, you also have to ensure that your exercise takes into consideration increasing your muscular endurance. 
the third thing is uh, your muscular strength so muscular strength is weight training basically uh, where your muscles are contracting completely in anaerobic workouts so in a cardiovascular workout you're constantly breathing you're constantly running you're doing it for a very long time but when it comes to strength training you're doing you're breathing once then doing the rep so you're not breathing when you're exercising then you come back up then you breathe again then you go back for your second rep i have to cut you here because i have a million dollar question that i've had contrasting uh, answers when i whenever i've looked for it uh, when do we breathe in and when do we breathe out while doing a strength training or uh, endurance training so when you breathe, so you would breathe in and out before you start your rep right so if you're doing a let's say a squat you know and you have weight on you you are going to you have weight racked up on the squat rack you are going to breathe in okay and then take the weight on your back do the first squat come up then breathe out hmm. so the beginning of the rep and once you stand up you're going to breathe out you know you're going to first clear out all the all the all the air that you have in your core basically and then breathe out fresh breathe in fresh so that your core is tightened i see so at the beginning at the at the very beginning if you're doing a deadlift for example you would stand your bar is right next to your shins on the ground you're going to first breathe in and then go down lift the bar go back down and keep it and then you're going to breathe out which is why weight training is anaerobic because when you are actually doing the rep you're not breathing as as com- as as uh, compared to cardiovascular when you're when you're running you're constantly breathing you know okay yeah I, I think i think i i yeah. had it i had it wrong all this while because i thought that you know let's say this is a dumbbell and then i do this i suck air in and i just breathe out when i do do it the other way so that, that i i mean lot of people have that uh, thought process but the thing is you're breathing in to tighten your core okay if you really think about it on between your lower body and your upper body is your core okay and your core is the only place where you have no uh, bones it's a hollow empty space okay so how do you activate your kinetic chain how do you make your body work as one whole unit to lift that weight there is the backbone but yeah that's about it yeah and that's about but but in the front of your body where your uh, core is it's hollow space and that space has to be filled to connect your upper body with your lower body so your entire body can work as one unit to lift a challenging weight and that is the purpose that breathing solves and which is why before you begin your repetition you have to suck in as much air as you can till you can you can almost feel that it is in your core oh i see how this is kind of related to biomechanics right so it's it's basically making the front of your body firmer so that yeah. you can lift more weight is that a fair and yeah, your upper and lower body 
you know, it's like, you know, uh, uh, it's filling in the weak link in your yeah, body. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. And if your whole kinetic chain is activated and your body functions as one whole unit and can then lift that weight most optimally. And that is the purpose of breathing and which is why you would do, which is why you would breathe in before you began the rep. Okay, makes and sense. You, you need your core to be strong throughout that rep. And which is why you breathe out only when the rep is over. Okay. Uh, again, now moving on to reps. Uh, yeah, but I think we didn't finish. Sorry. I, I just told you about three, three elements of fitness. I want to just talk about the rest of the two. Uh, so we spoke about cardiovascular endurance. We spoke about muscular endurance. We spoke about muscular strength. And the fourth point is flexibility. So your yoga, Pilates, whatever it is that you're doing to increase your flexibility is should be a part of your workout, but it is a part of your workout. So when somebody says, oh, I, I'm very active, I do yoga. So this is why I mentioned exercise must be specific. Yoga will help you become more flexible. So you still need other elements of uh, exercise in your exercise plan. And then the fifth one is really your nutrition. So without, without nutrition, you cannot perform. And you cannot have fat loss or uh, lean muscle or muscle gain or whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. So there are five elements of um, uh, fitness or a good exercise plan. And your exercise plan must have all five of them. And then just to quickly talk about the, your, your question, uh, whether strength is better or body weight workouts. So strength training fundamentally is a very functional type of workouts. The classical, like we mentioned, mechanical engineering, right? Mechanical engineering, electrical engineering are classical branches of engineering. All the others came uh, much later, you know. So uh, strength training is like that. It's very functional. You're lifting weights unsupported. Okay, so when I have a bar behind me and I'm squatting or I'm deadlifting and I'm lifting a weight from the floor, I am basically doing it unsupported. I'm just using my body to do it. And I'm in case of a deadlift, what am I really doing in terms of my daily life? I'm learning how to lift a heavy weight off the floor without injuring myself. So deadlift. Imagine in Pune, I come from Pune, which is very famous for everybody owning two wheelers. Uh, and so many times we would park uh, these two wheelers in a, in a stand outside our college or in front of a restaurant. And when you come back, there's many of those fallen on your two wheeler. And then what are you going, uh, going to do? You're going to start lifting one by one, uh, the bikes that are on your bike. Okay. And each of these bikes are 60, 70 kilos. So when you're trying to do that, what are you doing? You're doing a deadlift. That is how your strength training translates into your actual uh, daily life. Or when you're moving and you have packed all these boxes and you want to uh, of, of stuff from your house and you want to lift these boxes off the floor without injuring yourself, you're doing a deadlift. And, and, and it's the same with, uh, let's say, an overhead press. I've seen a lot of people do these overhead presses. Uh, they are also the same. They teach you how to lift heavy weights over your head, over your shoulder. Like, like a mother or a father lifts their baby up in the air. 
you know or we lift a heavy uh, heavy suitcase or something and keep it on the top shelf of a aeroplane or a bus or a carrier that's that that's functionality you know there uh, translating into your real life and apart from that strength training would have progressive loading so you're constantly challenging your body to perform better uh, to become more stronger to be prepared to be more strong uh, and that is something that you don't get in a in a regular body weight training uh, progressive loading progressively increasing the challenge that your body is facing and that's why it has to prepare to be stronger only when you challenge your body and you suddenly shock your body is when your body is going to say that okay if this happens again i want to be ready and that's when your muscles are going to be become stronger and that's why the next time you lift the same weight it seems a little bit easier than it was the first time Hmm. That's that's called that's that's called progressive loading. It there's also other concepts that explain it. It's called super compensation. Like when you've challenged your muscle, your muscle will prepare itself for a little bit more. If you lifted twenty kilos and it was suddenly shocked, the next time it will be prepared for a twenty one, twenty two kilos because it wants to you know not injure itself. So the muscle comes back a little bit stronger than it really has to. And apart from that. Uh, strength training really adheres to uh, the principles of kine uh, you know kinesiology which means how our body was designed to move you know that is that kinesiology defines how your body uh, moves fundamentally and weight training was designed taking those that those principles of movement in mind when it comes to body weight training it's just there's too much variety out there right now because uh, it's a mix of marketing for for uh, you know getting your workouts out there making people feel like you're doing something different compared to others and what with what workouts the problem is that people have gotten so busy creating a variety of workouts that um you know it's you know variety in the types of exercises that you do are for the mind the body is the same it moves the same it works the same if you progressively load it it's going to respond it's going to become stronger the body is not asking you for a for variety it's the mind and that's what everybody who's in the fitness marketing industry is playing on i'll come up with a new exercise and market it as my own i'll come up with 100 exercises 200 exercises 300 exercises i'll give you variety every single day it's really for the mind it's not for the body and that's something we have to understand the other thing is that body weight workouts are very injury prone because all these group workouts right we are trying to keep up with everybody in the group uh or try and do them fast and try and do them for longer and at some point beginners who are who are now trying to do all these group workouts in those workouts a uh, risk uh being fatigued and once you start getting fatigued then you're you're going to start losing balance you start you're going to start losing uh, your ability to understand instruction or at and perform for example it, a box squat like there's a box and you're jumping on a box jump sorry you're jumping on that box i see a lot of beginners trying to do it midway through the workout and they're completely fatigued and they're going to injure themselves at some point because they're not as sharp as they were at the beginning of the workout so it is injury prone and it doesn't have progressive loading so yes you can do 50 squats 100 squats tomorrow you can do 150 squats how many of us have that kind of time what is the end to it 200 squats 250 squats 
you know we we can't so we need to uh, load our body we need to increase the load we need to train with weights so that within your 10 reps 5 reps 15 reps or whatever you can continue to challenge your body and you know a lot of exercise like i told like i said are just not functional they don't translate into any real benefit in your daily life and i don't recommend those kind of uh, exercises they mm. may give you some benefits you know so sometimes the movements are okay but they don't translate into any real benefit in your in your daily life and why engage in such exercises yeah what you said about group classes is so true because i remember going for a group class and i joined in the middle i think they were already four classes down and i already realized that you know i could see that my form is not correct and i was trying to keep up with the group uh, and the whole point of group classes is to motivate each other and what not but i feel like i was lagging behind and i was trying to keep up and the and the fatigue levels the next day were far more prominent than uh, you know me just going going to the gym and trying things out um is that is that one of your key observations that you have noticed and are you a proponent of group classes over personal training what is your take on both look there is there is you know you can include group classes a couple of times a week if you want but like i said to you you know you should know why you are doing something okay if i do a group class on a certain day i do it for cardio when i am doing a group class and if they ask me to weigh, lift weights for whatever reason there's some dumbbell workout or something in it i'm not going to lift my best weight i'm going to underlift because i have gone there for a cardio workout i have not gone there for strength training and so i am going to optimize my energy okay so it's not like uh, i do i i enjoy group workouts myself but i if i do strength training three times a week i also need to rest and recover because that's exactly where your body is changing that's exactly where it's becoming stronger it's not when you are working out not when you are inside the gym it's when you're not in the gym and if you don't spend enough time uh, resting and also resting is for this for your central nervous system which has really worked very hard when you've tried to push yourself in the gym then your body is not going to change it's going to be fatigued progressively fatigued uh so when i'm like because i do intense training i don't tend to do group classes now but when i do include them they are for cardio and they are not really for uh, strength and you know in the beginning you can do anything even in the group classes it's going to give you benefit it's going to also increase your strength even but if you miss the form if see doing something is better than doing nothing and when you move you're going to see some benefit but over time it's not going to be progressively beneficial for you it's just the beginner's effect when you've moved your body after a long time and it's just adjusting and right now it's right now your body weight is challenging for your own body and you know at some point it's going to stop giving you any additional benefit hmm you you touched on an interesting point uh the weight progression right uh, and i wanted to understand how it is for a beginner so because there is reps and there is progression right so when you start you start with a lower weight or whatever weight you are comfortable with and then usually what people say is three reps of 10 
cycles each oh sorry 10 how, how is it defined could you tell me three times 10 how is yeah, three sets of 10 reps, you mean. Three sets of 10 reps. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so is that is that normal? Is that how everyone should start? Uh, or uh, how do you break it down? Uh, should everyone start with three re- sets of 10 reps with a comfortable weight? No. So the thing is, look, in the beginning, uh, somebody who's never been in the gym should do a lot of reps and without weights. And you know why that is? Not because uh, doing a lot of reps is giving them additional benefit, but it's because you have to learn to walk before you can run. Okay. And weight training is very, very dependent on how good your form is. And uh, I have to teach my mind, I, I have to teach my body to squat well with my own body weight, with the right form, before I can add weight on my back uh, and challenge itself. Because if I, the, if I do a lot of reps in the beginning, just to teach myself how to do a good squat, then my body and mind get used to this form, the way squat is done. And then when I add weight to challenge myself, my body already knows, okay, squat, this is how it automatically gets into, into form. It automatically gets into the right stance. It's, it automatically knows it has to do a full re, full range uh, squat. It has to sit down. It has to get up. So it's like the warm-up, uh, you know. It's like the uh, trailer before the actual uh, uh, training program starts. So there is uh, ha- doing more reps has a place in uh, workouts. But progressively, it, it, it can't be... Uh, it can't be used to give you the benefits of weight training itself and I'll tell you why because why does anybody do exercises right why does anybody do strength training there are two two main reasons one is something we call hypertrophy hypertrophy is your muscles becoming stronger quite simply put that's what it is your muscles becoming stronger and them enlarging a little bit that is what gives starts giving our body shape um, and for fat loss, okay. Now, these are the two reasons why you want to do exercises, whether, whether you choose all these high rep exercises or strength training or whatever. And I, and I have mentioned to you a while ago that how many reps can you continue to do, right? We don't have that kind of time. It's not optimal, okay? Even though doing, if I do 50 reps today of, a squat, of squats and tomorrow I start doing 100 reps, Obviously, I am making my body work harder. It's obviously going to uh, be challenging my body. But it's not the most optimum way of training your lower body muscles. It's not the best way to strengthen your lower body muscles because it's there's no end to it. Tomorrow, are you going to do 150? Then are you going to do 200? And you're not you're not adding any weight on on. Uh, onto the body so what the body is really kind of adjusting to is your mind is adjusting to more load at some point you know it's your muscles are kind of they know the kind of work they want to do so which is why which is where it stops being beneficial for you the second is weight training is what will give you the maximum wear and tear in your muscle okay it it weight training basic or any exercise causes micro trauma in your muscles so that's why i told you when you're exercising you're actually not doing your body any favor you're actually exerting your body you're causing micro trauma in your muscles 
and because your muscles are going through wear and tear uh, when when you're resting is when your muscles are actually uh, preparing you know repairing themselves and preparing for uh, you know adverse condition for, for in case of exercise adverse condition is more load coming on to them so strength when you do strength training is when you cause the maximum wear and tear in your body okay when you're progressively loading when you when you're uh, today you're squatting with 20 kilos then 30 kilos then 40 kilos when you're progressively loading is when you're causing the maximum wear and tear in your body which is why your muscles are going to become much much more stronger compared to doing high repetitions without weights because with high repetitions and the and your body weight you're not going to cause the same amount of wear and tear and that is why your muscle will not come back that much stronger and which is why everybody who has lean muscle or even the big muscle guys and everybody do strength training because that's the only way to really build muscle and and there is a concept of uh, you know there's there's something called uh, as uh, muscle fiber recruitment so when you do strength training is when you have the maximum uh, muscle fiber recruitment which means that every the muscles that we have right each of our muscle has let's say something called as one motor unit okay one motor unit has one motor neuron and in connected to that motor neuron are many muscle fibers okay and in one muscle there are hundreds of motor units there are hundreds of uh, uh, motor neurons and then hundreds of muscle fibers and when we do strength training is when the maximum muscle fiber recruitment is possible it's not possible with body weight training okay and the more muscle fiber recruitment the more your muscle has to uh, you know the more wear and tear it goes through the more repair work it does and comes back stronger okay and compared to cardiovascular workouts and i kind of put body weight uh, body weight training to some extent in cardio workouts um your uh, yes your bmr which is the basal metabolic rate goes up which is how we all you know target fat loss and becoming uh, fitter it does go up but it that increased bmr stays for a very short time with strength training it stays for a very long time after your workout okay and that is why you burning calories actively way after your workout is over and and that's why there is a concept in strength training called epoc okay epoc is uh, excess post exercise oxygen consumption in in simpler words it means afterburn so the afterburn the your muscle your increased bmr and your muscles trying to repair themselves and hence using more and more energy from your body hence use hence more possibility of fat loss happens with strength training compared to body weight workouts okay you will have the maximum afterburn and with strength training because you're gaining muscle over time muscle is a metabolic tissue it's the it's the uh, muscles are the parts of our body that are doing all the work in the day that we are doing so the more muscle you build the more work you do uh, the more your muscles are active throughout uh, the day uh, the more calories you'll continue to burn and and which is why your bmr will uh, will sustainably go up 
not just after exercise also but sustainably because the more the muscle you have the more um work your body has to do to keep your muscles uh, active and well fed um so so yeah there's like lots of benefits to doing strength training over high rep workouts yeah you you spoke about how um how there are so many different exercises these days and a lot of them is just a marketing gimmick right and and the way i see exercise especially endurance training i mean if i could break it as a first principle is that you're 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 letting a particular muscle work against a load and that is basically making the muscle stronger right um, so so we have let's say 100 different exercises to strengthen your core uh is there something which is the most efficient one or uh, you know if if i could speak in terms of roi that that gives you the most roi uh, among the other 99 different exercises or why are there so many exercises because there must be something that's more optimum right yeah so i think the kings of exercises are really squats deadlifts uh like i mentioned earlier overhead presses um and chest press or bench press as it's called so these are three or four exercises that are actually called the kings of exercises and in technical terms they're called structural uh, structural exercises and why they're called structural exercises is because these are the only three or four exercises where you load your entire spine okay these are the only exercises where you load your entire spine and when you load your spine do you load so your spine when you are i'm just thinking out loud here do you load your spine when you are squatting yeah of course your weight is right behind your on your on your back mm-hmm. uh, resting on literally on your spine your your entire uh, you know your entire body is used in all of these exercises uh the maximum number of muscles are active when you do squats deadlifts overhead presses um bench press as well so which is why you will see uh, professional uh, professional weightlifters when they are doing a bench press they're not resting their back on the bench their back is arched they're going to just you know they're just going to bring their entire torso up okay and they're going to be on their uh, on their toes uh, next to the bench and they you're going to see what you're going to see is a semicircle okay you're not going to see their back resting on the bench that's because they're activating the entire kinetic chain they're using their entire body for that chest press so yeah i mean these are the four exercises that load your spine which means that these are the exercises that you must do to increase your bone density uh and these are the exercises that use the maximum number of muscles in your body which means that you're going to cause this micro tra- trauma or wear and tear throughout your body by doing these exercises and how many calories you burn or what is the afterburn effect or the epoch like i mentioned really depends on the uh, the surface area that you caused uh, wear and tear to okay so with these three or four exercises you're going to cause the maximum wear and tear in your body which means your body is going to have to work very hard uh, to to repair itself and these are the exercises that will increase your bmr the most and give you the most uh, benefits of both gaining strength 
and burning calories okay so i think we should uh, definitely stick to two um, one is squats and the other is lifting so break break down squats for me uh, how important are they and uh, especially for women uh, how important is uh, is a squat yeah so there are different types of squats right there is a there is a back squat uh, when your bar is on your back basically and all the weight is uh, on on your back uh, then there is a front squat uh, where your bar uh, is in the front right here at you you take the bar on your collarbone basically okay and so when you when we say squat you are talking about squat with weight right because you can squat without weight as well okay and i think i got confused previously because if what, you are squatting the squat with what movement is a squat like you know uh, but but the types of squats uh, are are back squat front squat and then overhead squat when you're actually holding the bar above your head okay so there are three types of squats primarily there are many other variations that people will try and do but essentially even the variations will form in uh, will will fall in eventually one of these categories and the uh, the thing is like i said uh, the back squat i mean all squats are loading your spine basically and they're going to increase your uh, bone density and which is something that's uh, a must for everybody especially as we age our bone density goes down our bones start to become brittle and if you want to uh and sure that your bones are stronger uh, uh until the very end then uh squats are the kind of exercise that you must do weighted squats okay so squats where you're lo- where you're loading your spine where you're doing weight training um that is one and then front squats basically you know if you just look at it from what benefit do squats have in our daily life it a back squat would teach you how to sit down and get up with a load on your back okay think of us going trekking i remember uh, going for this uh, trek uh, in around bangalore called kumar parvata it's supposed to be one of the most difficult treks and uh, we we kind of uh, did that trek in one and a half day or something whereas everybody else takes takes three days and i remember i was carrying 2 3 liters of water i was carrying a tent i was carrying a number of other things including bread and maggi and everything else in my sack and we were we were i mean this trek is relentless it is it's a constant incline there's literally no uh, flat land in the middle and you're carrying a lot of load on your back okay so something like a squat is actually teaching you how to carry heavy loads on your back and move okay and sit down and get up then uh, a front squat where you're loading the front portion of your body with weights is teaching you how to sit down and get up and move with weights in the front of your body now especially when it comes to women uh you know if as especially women that are, that plan to be that, that plan to have children when you bear a, a, when when you're pregnant you you're basically carrying weight in the front of your body and if you were doing front squats then your body would be prepared to carry that kind of weight and you would not have lower back pains because your body is prepared 
so that's where the functionality is for women especially with regards to front squats but everybody should include a variety of squats in their workouts back squats front squats and also overhead squats so overhead squats is basically uh, a different type of uh, squat where because you you're holding the bar well above your head like literally like this uh you're moving the center of gravity of your body up and then sitting down and getting up when your center of gravity has moved from where it was is very very challenging and and then you have to really learn. it's almost like you have to relearn how to squat because you're suddenly so off balance um that's so that's one variation of a squat that uh, i personally like to include in my workout but uh, the, and and of course squats uh, as workouts uh, challenge your entire lower body they are mainly they are, they will mainly challenge your quadriceps or your thighs thigh muscles but they will also uh, challenge your um, glutes which is the butt muscles they'll also challenge your hamstrings uh they'll also challenge muscles um uh, on the side of our uh, body that work to stabilize us while walking or while uh, running so they also strengthen our stabilizers um and and so there are multiple benefits like i said maximum calorie burn uh, many many muscles of your lower body uh, partaking in uh, making this one um uh, exercise possible which means a lot of your muscles are getting stronger a uh, high bone density a uh, direct functionality direct relationship to your daily life and uh, helping uh, basically day to day activities become simpler um yeah i mean those are the three four absolute uh topmost uh, things that i would uh, highlight and these are pretty much the same benefits with deadlifts as well the only thing i would like to say is uh i already mentioned that when when we are doing deadlifts we are primarily teaching our body how to lift heavy weights from the floor uh without being injured so don't i would say don't try and engage in any forms of deadlift that encourage you to not let the weight touch the floor what is the name of that work uh, exercise it's called dead lift so it's to lift a dead weight so let the weight be dead before you lift it again okay so i've seen a lot of people do dead lifts where once they lift the bar up then they do the all all their eight or 10 reps without keeping the bar down they go half half the distance and then they'll come back up okay and there is you know a, a, no reason to get into all types of deadlifts and why people do uh, these uh, romanian there is romanian deadlift there is strict uh, leg deadlift the objectives of all these exercises are very very different and a normal a person would not know it they wouldn't need all these exercises in their exercise plans right away so i would say learn how to do a classical deadlift and know that it is to lift weights off the floor so you have to battle that inertia that the weight will have when you start lifting it don't make life easy for you by picking up the bar just once and doing all your reps before you keep it down 
yeah fair enough yeah yeah i i figured that that's that's why people do it because it's it's so much easier yeah um shruti you are a, a nutritionist you are a certified uh, personal trainer and uh, i wanted to know from you what makes a good trainer versus a bad trainer yeah um you sort of touched on the word that i would start with um uh, before you know in the earlier part of our discussion and you said that a personal trainer is a teacher okay so a good personal trainer thinks of himself as a teacher and not as a server you know i am providing a service i am at your service that thought process makes a lot of trainers behave differently okay instead of them telling their client what is right for that client they will try and take suggestions advice almost an exercise plan from that from their client because they don't want to disappoint the client okay so for a, a good trainer is one who's confident of their knowledge and they are uh, going to inform the client that look you've paid me to teach you something and it's many times going to put you uh, in the spots that you're not particularly comfortable with and we can talk about it uh, but i am going to tell you what you're going to do and not the other way around hmm and and what motivational techniques do you use because i i see two schools of thought one is really embarrassing the person or you know being really rude and all of that and then the other conventional way where you're like really pushing by by motivating them the only way you can convince your client is by explaining to them why you want them to do these exercises right the kind of discussion i am having with you right now i would have with my clients as well why are we doing deadlifts okay you may be scared of a deadlift you've probably heard of a lot of people being injured with deadlift but why is it not going to happen with you why what are we doing differently okay uh so you are going to talk to your client about the basics of strength training why you want them to do these exercises what benefits these exercises are going to have uh, in their daily life why these exercises are going to take them closer to the their goals quicker than any other options that they may be suggesting to you i would talk to them about the five components of fitness that i told you about in the earlier part of our discussion so you know people are reasonable but you have to give them reasons to believe you you know and you know as voltaire uh, has said you know no problem can withstand uh, the assault of sustained thinking so uh, if your client is being difficult or is actually if your client is asking you questions i would say that's a wonderful client but even if you're having some problems with your client and you want to try and convince them in some or the other way then you know just give them good reasoning allow them to continuously think allow them to ask you questions some trainers will be very uncomfortable with clients who constantly ask them questions that's actually not a good a good sign you should encourage questions you should allow thinking and them expressing themselves and i'm sure with dialogue with good dialogue a lot of people are very reasonable and they would actually come around yeah yeah it's and it's amazing how far we have come in the whole fitness and health journey right i mean growing up in the late 1990s uh, this was not a topic of discussion anywhere and now it's it's 
such a big topic of discussion um people in india are getting getting on to the fitness industry a lot more people are yeah. w- wanting to hit the gym more often so 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 that's fantastic uh, however before we end this podcast i wanted to touch about uh, touch on this topic that that is also coming up a lot these days uh, about too much working out right um, uh, you know a lot of uh, actors put up muscle mass and what not for for different roles and they do it in a very short period of time right two months three months um, and and i just wanted to know from you if there is some is there something called as too much workout can there be burnout in workout and what's the limit i mean you really touched upon it where you are like you know 150 squats 200 squats like what is the limit right you can keep on pushing yourself um and and how can one know what their limit is and so that they don't push and harm themselves so i think it's a very interesting question um the easy part of your answer is that the limit is different for everybody um and the other thing is that some of knowing your limit comes from experience and which is why in the beginning it's good to take guidance and go slow just so that you start understanding your body okay a lot of beginners would not know their body at all they've not put their body in situations where they are now about to put it in so i would say go slow in the beginning slowly as you slowly progressively start uh, challenging your body you will start knowing your limits okay and then you can decide what is it and and a few times it may so happen also that you worked out a lot you came back home and you felt fatigued for two days or so and you said hey the next time this is hampering my everyday life um, i'm going to go a little bit slower and maybe with time my cardio both my cardiovascular endurance and my strength will come to a point where i may do the same workout but i may not be this fatigued you know so i think everybody has to uh, experience for themselves to some extent uh, what is it how much can i really push myself and until that time try and be slightly more conservative and take guidance at least don't go in it all by yourself you know that okay from tomorrow onwards i'm going to start running 5 kilometers and 10 kilometers and you start suddenly uh doing it without any guidance without any warm ups without any you know short runs um and even running for that matter you know even if you want to do 5 kilometer 10 kilometer and longer run you do sprints you do strength training you do um walking you do other exercises you do a mix of workouts that actually allow you eventually to run a good 5 kilometers 10 kilometers or whatever now if somebody just completely ignores this whole process and says that okay tomorrow i'm just going to go and try running 5 kilometers and then feels too fatigued or too uh, or faints or something else happens or has injury like i said shin pains or something else uh then you know it's really ignorance on the part of of the person hmm. and all these celebrities and everybody that we look at you know they're all taking guidance from somebody okay and there is no it's not like in two months i can't lose 10 kilos of course i can there are ways uh, to do it and i i am not indicating fat burners or anything like that or or something else completely 
I'm saying there are optim there are ways to push your body into uh, you know excess fat burning zone. There are ways to do it. Every all of us on a day to day basis don't need to to go that hard on ourselves. But they have that motivation. They have a shoot coming up. I had a client who was shooting. um a music video two months after he met me and uh, he had to lose 10 kilos so then we have to work towards that target so it's not necessarily unhealthy but it's not apparent to us as well so i wouldn't just look at somebody and be like okay i'm going to do what they are doing because mm. you don't know the entire story wonderful insights shruti thank you so much for joining the podcast i think you gave a really good breakdown of uh, exercises especially lifting and what people should do to get started and what are the breathing techniques i mean so many so many aspects uh, and i think i, I really I look it's really hard to cover uh, get into the details of, of you know everything it's a it's a vast vast topic yeah yeah but <laughs> thank you for having me it was uh it's one of my favorite topics to talk about and uh, you know not complaining uh so thank you for giving me the opportunity oh yeah absolutely and and i'm i'm pretty sure the listeners and and the viewers are going to benefit a lot from it thank you so much bala